Off the Ball with thanks to Ford. This season, we're not playing by the rules. We're exceeding expectations. Now as standard, Ford, go further. Hello, you're very welcome along. It's Joe Malloy here. We have a brilliant hour on the way for you on this Friday evening. We're catching up with the legendary Brad Thorne, who we all remember very fondly from his time at Leinster. We have uh, people here in the studio, of course. Keen Murta, hello. Hello, Joe. Colin Parkinson, hello to you. How are you, Joe? And Brian O'Driscoll, you're very welcome to the studio. Always good to be here, Joe. Uh, Brad Thorne on the show this evening, which we're very much looking forward to. Uh, we're on proper legendary status here when you're talking about Brad Thorne in his 22 seasons in rugby, Union and League. He's pretty much won everything. Yeah, he's um, he's a phenomenal person, player, character, everything. He's just, he's real hero stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to catching up. I haven't caught up with him for a while, so... Uh, be good to hear from him and see why on earth he's packing it in yeah. after 22 seasons. <laughs> well, still not a man who gets Premature, injured. Premature, really. Gets injured very much. I think he was joking. He was injured last year and he was saying he's disappointed it was the first time his body had let him down and he wasn't happy after 22 years. Do you have any outstanding memories of that period? I mean, it was only three months, so it felt like kind of longer in a way, but that we, when he was with you and you, there was the Claremont game away, there was the uh, Ironco fi- final against Ulster that whole period when he joined and seemed to to set a standard yeah he just he, he had this enthusiasm that we probably hadn't seen before and we were in a in a pretty good place we'd just come off the back of winning the Heineken the previous year and um, he came in and just everything about him you know he'd won he'd won pretty much everything in league and union and yet he still had this humility to him he still had this massive work ethic yeah. this hunger and desire for the game that just was infectious and to be able to you know, be change with a you know a hero like him in your dressing room. You're kind of pinching yourself, going, "That's, that's Brad Thorne there." Yeah, he, he's on our team. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be talking out with us this weekend. <laughs> Very useful player to have on the team. Yeah, he's and just an enforcer. You know, a guy. You know what you're getting with him. He's gonna. He's a collision winner. Mm. And um, yeah, other guys are there for you know to win your line out ball and to you know to carry. But he's just there to bash people and hit rocks, and he loves it. Yeah, he does seem to thrive on hurting people. Yeah, he d- yeah he does, and and you know yeah he wants to he wants to do the stuff that you don't get credit for. He and it's unbelievable having guys. People want headlines. He doesn't. He just wants to you know, maim people in rucks and <laughs> um, yeah win win them win, win them single handedly. Yeah, and you know again he's he's kind of a coach's dream where you know five phases before a try is scored you know, he clears that rook on his own that it was the ball was going to be turned over and you know he's cleared three guys out at one, yeah, once mm, and stuff. coach goes Brad Thorne won yeah. that Joe Schmidt's the kind of coach who knows Joe this. loves that stuff <laughs> really loves that stuff. really loves that stuff <laughs> yeah that's a match made in heaven uh, speaking of other inspirational second rows Paul O'Connell was speaking last week and he's obviously got a decision to make um getting to a similar vintage-ish to Brad Thorne and he said I've chatted to Brian a few times about it don't screw this up for us O'Driscoll <laughs> <laughs> you tell him to keep on playing <laughs> you tell him to Take keep on playing I did inner Brad Thorne <laughs> I did I did listen only Paul O'Connell knows how he feels every mm. every morning after a game and how he wants to make sure he gets out of the game relatively unscathed and he's probably there now Um but at the same time, you know, you are a long time retired. And that was my advice to him. He said it himself that, you know, if you f- if you feel you are capable of still playing, we'll go for another one. I'm glad I went for the extra one mm. as much as it was dragged out uh, from a press point of view. I, I was delighted that I played it, not just because there was success at the end of it, but because 
I would have felt that I'd left too much in the tank if I'd gone the year previously. Yeah. And you just get that sense because Paul's playing so well because arguably, you know, one of the, definitely Ireland's Six Nations uh, player of the tournament. Um, he just looks in phenomenal condition too. He does. So w- we're all saying, you know, why? Why would you? But yeah. he's the one that has to deal with the aches and pains. So yeah, we're not. The we can't fully understand I know, it. I know. I know. We're not the ones waking up the morning after a game. I appreciate, which I suspect all, is when you're really. Right. Like, Can he be <laughs> Yeah, he did Pain say that though. Tablets and stuff. He's How tempting is a like a, you know, a year in the south of France for him? I would semi retirement. I would have said very, very tempting. Mm. Um, if you know, I presume all the chat is you know, there's no smoke without fire. I no. Presume the offer, well, the offer is there, and Bougelas has been trying to coax him across. Um, you know, f- I if I was him, it would be a perfect opportunity to go and spend eight months down the south of France, play with an unbelievable team. He's got a young family, and people that say that you know you'll undo you know the legendary status down in a in few Monster, people made that point. I would rubbish that that talk yeah, I, don't I really it. don't buy it in the slightest I think he's cemented his his status down there and can yeah. always go back and be yeah. a, as a coach or as um, as an ambassador to the club or whatever he wants he you know he will you know he's done magical things for Munster yeah. and that can't be undone it's a very different thing to leave in Munster for great rivals at your peak as opposed to at the end, the end of your career for yeah. something like this and as you say Peter Stringer did an interview recently and he was talking about his next move and he said he would never like to go somewhere where He'd have to change the culture. There wasn't the right winning culture there already. I'm sure O'Connell wouldn't like to go and spend a year somewhere where it wasn't right. But Toulon's not that kind of a place. Toulon seems to have their house in order in a big way. So potentially going there. Well, he's not potentially going there. He is going there to win trophies as well. Yeah, it's not going down. Well, listen, he's not going to go down and get himself a tan. He's going to have the Steve Staunton hat on the whole time. (laughs) But um, no, you know, he he would have ambitions to go and play with those brilliant players and to, to win you know, a fourth um, European Cup, I'm sure, if he if he did go down there. But it's, um, I don't know, I haven't, you know, I haven't wanted to ask him, you know, whether it's all true or not. I, I just am reading the same as what everyone's reading in the papers and, mm. you know, he'll come to his own decision, I'm sure. Yeah. You don't obviously have to give the game away here, but um, when he said to all the press that he had his mind 90% made up, I presume he told you what that mind was one way or the other. Yeah, he did. Right, Okay. <laughs> you. you went there Joe Thank you. you went Thank there you. Uh, I guess the rest of us will have to wait and see but uh, in fairness you did tell him you very much enjoyed your year I did anyway, and so. yeah and, and like I said my message would be if in doubt go again yeah well we'll see he's got a bit of thinking to do uh, Keen. What's going on in the world? Yeah, a lot of live sport taking place tonight, Joe, and not least the uh, Championship playoffs beginning uh, after uh, staging a late push to make it into the top six. Brentford play host to Middlesbrough tonight in the first leg of their playoff semi-final. Brentford looking to reach the Premier League or the top flight for the first time since 1947. Borough uh, eager to make amends after missing out on automatic promotion with a, a rather timid finish to the regular season. Kickoff there is at 7.45, which is the same start time for all of tonight's games that have survived the weather in the Electricity League Premier division I say that because the Dublin derby between St. Pat's and Shamrock Rovers at Richmond Park has been called off following a pitch inspection there this evening so there's four games going ahead Dundalk not in action until tomorrow so third place Cork City will be hoping to shrink the gap at the top as they entertain Sligo Rovers at Turner's Cross Bray Wanderers without a manager this week ahead of their trip to draw the United Bohemians host Limerick at uh, Daly Mount and Derry City will take on Galway United at the Brandywell there's also four matches in the first division leaders Finn Harps playing host to Waterford United in one of the 
8 o'clock starts there elsewhere Shells take on Cabin Teeley at Tulka uh, Cove Ramblers visit Wexford Jutes and the early start in the first division at 7.45 is between Athlone Town and UCD Michael and Spittle lads who would win an arm wrestling match between Brad Thorne and Paul O'Connell I feel like it would take a while to get a winner I presume it would uh, I saw that Brad Thorne started his rugby league career in 1994 <laughs> some man done it all in the game Ted and Santry yeah Junior cert. <laughs> yeah. And even in 01, New Zealand came calling and he turned them down for a year. He took a year out, wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Like, he, he strikes me as a deep thinker off the pitch as much as everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think he he obviously has, a, you know, he knows that his, his time is up and that's why he's, he's, he's finishing. But um, I would say he's very methodical about everything he does. Um, even from the from the point, I remember someone saying, you know, his kids getting swimming lessons. You know, everyone else is getting swimming lessons. You know, once a week, his kids are getting them four times a week. Okay, <laughs> no, it's that sort of stuff. <laughs> okay, so he's a high achiever <laughs> yeah. across the board. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, you know, give yourself the best opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Leinster in action tonight and it's a pretty important game their last home game of the season Joe yeah barring a, a potential playoff which is still a possibility uh, depending on how tonight's game at the RDS fair, uh, pans out uh, the retiring Shane Jennings will be introduced to the crowd before kickoff against Treviso both he and Gordon Darcy will be honoured after the game as the province wind down their season on the pitch still some important work to be do- done though as they need to win their remaining two matches to be absolutely assured of finishing in fifth place and, uh, and securing a spot in next season's European Champions Cup that game kicks off the RDS at, at 25 to 8 the same time as Ospreys versus uh, Glasgow half 7 start at Rodney Parade tonight where the Dragons take on Edinburgh Are you in any way worried about this game at home to Treviso we're all kind of thinking okay it'll be a bit nerve wracking but it should be fine um, Four pointer I'd be quietly confident Yeah um, five pointer just the conditions because Treviso still have something to play for they still have to finish ahead of Zebra you know Zebra playing Connacht this mm. weekend potential uh, victory for them um, so they ne- still need to get a win to sh- assure themselves of of the top Italian slot and get into the Champions Cup mm. next week so th- they do have something to play for I just feel um, over the course of the two weeks that Leinster will just have enough to, to get by yeah. um, um, but it's not an ideal situation to find themselves in it's a horrible uh, kind of pressure it's a different kind of pressure yeah, and you, you, you were used to playing for, for winning things these are playing not to lose something. and you, you think of obviously Heineken Cups and Champion Cups finals are huge events but this is equally in a different way yeah. an enormous event like the a far grimmer way <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> that too but also from a monetary point of view of you know being in Champions Cup mm. or Challenge Cup, it's 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 unthinkable it's to not unthinkable. play in the in the Champions Cup. It really is. It is. But do you think they can run up the bonus? You know the way they're playing, they're not scoring that many tries. Like th- th- those conditions out there yeah. are obviously not conducive to great you know, you know running rugby. But mm. um, four tries. I remember who was a Declan Kidney said you you know four tries. You, you only need one every twenty minutes, which isn't when you break that down, it's not. No overly difficult to do but I suppose it really depends on what Treviso team turn up today and if you get a couple of early scores against some of those Italian teams Mm. you break them early then the floodgates can open a little bit yeah 
Munster and Ulster also yeah, in action that's a crucial game tomorrow for both uh, teams in Belfast and they named their sides earlier on Paul O'Connell we've already been talking about him uh, returns to a uh, partner Dunica Ryan in the Munster second row for that game one of three changes made by Anthony Foley a uh, hooker Eusebio Granjau replaces uh, Duncan Casey while Dennis Hurley joins Andrew Smith in the centre just one enforced change for Ulster Peter Nelson replacing the injured uh, Craig Gilroy who's got a hamstring injury Munster are second travelling to Kingspan Stadium but just a point above of Ulster the winner likely to earn a home semi-final draw Ulster of course looking to complete the provincial sweep after wins over Connacht and Leinster in their previous two outings while Munster are looking to end a pretty disappointing run of form in, uh, in Belfast where they haven't won in the past five years head coach Anthony Foley though is more interested in the here and now we're not going to look at it from a historical point of view. We're going to look at it with the importance of what it will be for the next uh, to try and get a home semi-final, which uh, all four teams are going to be vying for. You just have to look at the fixture list. You know, we've got Ulster away, Dragons at home. Uh, Ulster have us up there, and then they go have to go away to Glasgow. Ospreys play Glasgow this weekend, and uh, they have to uh, a nice trip up to the sports ground the following week. You know, so there's a lot of rugby to play over the next fortnight, and it's about accumulating as many points as possible to try and get get into the top two of that. After we've uh, Brad Thorne on, we'll get Brian's thoughts on that game. We Dean Henderson on during the week turned out to be a bit of a character. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Gordon Darcy's retirement and uh, just how long should you be living in the uh, country before you're allowed to play for them. It's something World Rugby are looking at at the moment. They're not so sure the three-year rule is really holding up anymore. So we'll get to all of those things. Somebody says, as a Munster fan, I'd love Paul to go if he wanted to. I think, I mean, I, I can't imagine many people would begrudge Paul O'Connell, of all people, um, happiness at this stage in his life. Uh, I met Brad when he was in Dublin in 2012. Some guns. Even puts Trevor Hogan to shame. <laughs> well, that's saying something. I mean, that's a statement. <laughs> I can't believe that. Trevor Hogan Trev's not here to defend himself <laughs> Trevor Hogan's still in great shape when he comes in he is Bloody hell. he is Trev also similar to Thorny likes a small t-shirt well, that's, that's <laughs> another very a, good a 90 point. degree wash <laughs> in any weather <laughs> Uh, also in rugby Connacht have named their team for tomorrow's visit to Zebra the province still have an outside chance of qualifying for next season's Champions Cup but will need a big win in Parma if they're to have any chance of achieving that and to that end there's just one change made by Pat Lamb scrum half John Cooney replacing Kieran Marmion who is named on the bench uh, Rory McIlroy's out on the course for the start of his second round at the Players Championship the world number one has resumed from three under leaving him in a strong position as he seeks to reel in the new outright leader Kevin Na who is on on seven under par, eight under par, and now just finished uh, with a three under par 69 today, which has le- left him two shots clear of the field. Paul Harrington and Graham McDull have both dropped shots at the start of their second rounds. Harrington, a double bogey on his opening hole, uh, so he is two over for his round. Uh, he's now dropped another shot, so he's two over par for the tournament, three over for his round. And McDull has uh, also slipped to three over par for the tournament, so not going well for those two. Uh, Shane Lowry tees off later on this hour from one over. Earlier Tiger Woods battled his way to a pretty colourful 71 today which featured just seven pars and a birdie on the last which leaves him hanging just inside the projected cutoff point at the moment which is level par. Uh, the other uh, news today was in cricket where the one day international between Ireland and England had to be abandoned after less than two hours of play after being put into bat first Ireland were struggling on 56 for the loss of four in the 19th over when the players were forced off with Ed Joyce the only Irish player to offer any real resistance he was 23 not out there was no let up in the weather after that as, as we all know the umpires eventually forced to abandon the match shortly after 3pm uh, details of how supporters can claim ticket refunds have been posted on the Cricket Ireland website 
website and they're also being offered a complimentary tickets to either the World 2020 Cup qualifiers which take place at the end of July or the three match T20 series which takes place against Scotland in Brafy on uh, in mid-June that's a real pity isn't it and oh, didn't, they, didn't they have terrible weather last year as well for this yeah they did I think they did the yeah. same game yeah. like of all the sports that you don't want to be watching today I think I think cricket is right <laughs> up there particularly because it's like it's the one slot in the calendar where England can cram Ireland in so Cricket Ireland have to market the hell out of this one date yeah. it's not like they could you know reschedule it for tomorrow or even over a weekend you know yeah. so it's yeah it's a real shame you think May you have a chance oh it's not hurt Lewis sorts all that stuff out doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) it's no great shock that cricket hasn't really taken off in the country (laughs) considering we had 180 (laughs) days of well sorry 280 days of rain yeah that is very unlucky um, any other stories? Yeah, very quickly. Michael Carrick out for the rest of the season for Manchester United. A calf injury, so he won't be available for tomorrow's trip to Crystal Palace. This out for the season line has been used I now know. for every injury. Can we just? Can we say he's missing the next two games. He's missing the next two games. Luke Shaw and Johnny Evans though are available this weekend. Ireland have earned an extra place in the Europa League through the UEFA Fair Play Awards. It's likely to go to UCD, subject to them earning a UEFA license. And the Limerick Hurlers going to be without David Breen and goalkeeper Nicky Quaid for their Munster Champions meeting with uh, Claire on May 24th the Limerick leader reporting today that both have been ruled out through injury lovely stuff Keen. thanks very much we've Brian here in studio until 8 o'clock crappy quiz and the week's best of between 8 and 9 and up next really looking forward to this we have a former Heineken Cup winning teammate of Brian's and of course a World Cup winner on the show it's Brad Thorne you can get your texts and opinions into 53106 You know, my opinion is only one opinion in, in, in the world of GA. Then I, I thought I was entitled to give my opinion. Everyone else was giving their opinions. As usual, people get upset by you. People have an opinion and they're entitled to it. Where's the evidence that you would have factored well, It's just my opinion, but like I said, there's no but evidence. there's any evidence for it. People have different opinions, different stuff. That's no problem. That's the way life is. Everyone's the same. It'd be boring, you know? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Off the ball, with thanks to Ford. This season, we're not playing by the rules. We're exceeding expectations. Now as standard. Ford, go further. All right, you're very welcome back. It's uh, Joe here, Woolly here, Brian O'Driscoll here. Uh, 53106 is the text number. Delighted to say we've uh, a real legend on the line in Brad Thorne, uh, currently of Leicester. He's announced he's going to retire at the end of the season. He's had just a ridiculous career, both in rugby league and union. The first man to win a World Cup, that was with New Zealand, of course, in 2011, a Heineken Cup with Leinster and a Super Rugby title with the Crusaders. Uh, Leinster fans, no doubt, remember him very fondly, made a huge contribution in 2012 in that European Cup winning season. Uh, Brad Thorne, hello. Yeah, good to be here. Good. It's great to have you with us. So, you made the decision uh, at last to call time in your career. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just it just got to a point where I felt I should. <laughs> I'm enjoying my footy as much as ever, but, um, you know, I turned 40 and um, sort of just came up. So, you know, it just has to end sometime, I guess. Tony uh, Dricko here. Just, it, it, I'm just intrigued by that. You know, I'm sure it wasn't the turning forty part. I'm sure there must have been some other uh, factor involved. That whether it be you just felt you couldn't do what your body wouldn't do what the brain wanted to do. That was how it was for me. What was that final factor that just made you decide? Okay, enough is enough. Um, 
I just, like, in all honesty, Brian, like, if I was 32, I'd probably sign another two-year contract. You know what I mean? Um, as you know, I've been really lucky with injury. Um, obviously, a lot of hard work as well. But uh, so I haven't, you know, I feel pretty good. You know, um, yeah. The older you get, you uh, had a few niggles here and there, but nothing major. Um, it's just got to a stage where um, it was just time to think about, you know, finishing. You know, um, I don't really know how to explain it. Like I could still play. Uh, but um, maybe it's just time to give the family, um, you know, a settled home uh, or, you know, back in Australia. Uh, maybe just time to move on to something else. It's amazing that you can still play. Do you not want to give it another two or three or four years, no? Uh, <laughs> I just sort of felt, yeah, I don't, uh, I've just had a ball. I just love my footy, love my time at Lentstown and all the places I've been, enjoying it now, but... Um, yeah, there's that other side of it too. Like, uh, if I finish now in good neck, um, you know, that bodes well for, for you know, hopefully a healthy lifestyle uh, post the footy. So, you know, um, maybe, you know, not wait until my body's all beaten up. You know, maybe best to, to appreciate where it's at now and, you know, um, um, just go on to another phase. You know, I'm hanging out with 20-year-old kids now, you know. It's, it's ridiculous. So it's just been awesome. And I'm not saying I won't be playing footy again. Um, just probably not professionally, you know. So so you genuinely think that you might go back and play some amateur ball back in uh, in Brisbane? I'll always be up for a game, Brian. Um, <laughs> uh, you You're know, a glutton for I punishment. I just love it. You know, I don't... Uh, if you remember, you know, I, I love the gym. I, I was saying the other day, professional footies, um, the hobby, the, the gym, it, that allows me to, to you know, get free membership in the gym. So, um, I, you know, I just love competing, exercise, camaraderie, and rugby, uh, pro rugby um, involves all that stuff. And, um, you know, I've got a goal where I want to play a game with each one of my sons. Um, wow. when they get older, you know, third grade or something like that. And, um, you know, like I said, I have a mouth guard and a pair of boots in my car at all times. And, you know, if there's a game somewhere, you know, it's, you know have a head out. <laughs> it's interesting uh, you mentioning the, the gym because one of my first memories of you was obviously the first week that you came in and we were all in the gym and, and you obviously knew your own body better than anyone else. You, you had your own gym session, but we were all in you know, a 45, 50 minute session and looked over and you had just completed your warm up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, is, this, well, is, this, is this guy going to go for another 45 minutes? And sure enough, yeah, an, an hour and a half. <laughs> yep, that's me done now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love it in there, and um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, I probably had one of my tight singlets on, and uh, it's probably in front of the mirror too, from memory. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just love uh, I love um, the strength element of stuff, um, and it ties in great with the rugby because um, you know uh, it obviously helps me stay in good condition. It helps me to handle the knocks helps me to do what I want to do on the paddock. So just all marries in really well. And it's a lot of fun. Tell me this. How, how do you maintain a level of enthusiasm for a game for 22 seasons? Because as much as that first memory was at the gym, uh, um, a lasting memory was 
Um, and something that I actually learned from you was when we'd vin- finished our video session before going out onto the pitch, I always remember seeing you running out ahead of everyone else and getting getting the jump with the five or ten minute uh, warm up start on everyone else. And I, you know, subsequent years you'd been proud of me because I, myself and Leo Cullen were, were we were that animal. But um, but w- but what you know, I think the the what was left behind. You know, and the impression that you left on the squad was the enthusiasm that you were always hanging around after training sessions as well, be it talking about scrums or lineouts to props or your second rows. How do you maintain that much of enthusiasm for the game? Because no matter what, I, you know, I did it for 15 years and I loved it. But, you know, time comes where you just go enough is enough. But you, you seem to have this um, this massive appetite for passing on your knowledge or you know trying to um improve players is it is it something that's just part of your makeup i just love it yeah from when i was a four-year-old watching my big brother play i just ached to play the game and since a six-year-old till now there is no difference from a six-year-old brad to a 40-year-old it's just the joy of um the camaraderie number one is what i cry i love the camaraderie i loved the three months I had with Leinster, you know, those guys will probably, from the young guys to guys like yourself, will probably never know, realise, you know, how much that time meant to me, you know, um, and all those teams I've been part of. So the camaraderie, the, the competition, I love to compete. Uh, you know, I was raised that way. We competed, Dad and my brother. And, um, you know, I love striving for excellence. I like doing things really well. And um, so those sort of things. Oh, and the last one, I love physicality. And this um, allows me, uh, the game of rugby and rugby league allow me to express that. And uh, so, you know, playing this game, it's hard for me to think about not playing. Um, And uh, I think the difference with me is my body still feels really good. If I was sore and it was hard work and Mm. I was knocked around and I couldn't couldn't, uh, do the job that I wanted to do, and it might be a different story, but I'm still loving it. I still love the collisions. I still wake up in the you know the next morning and I feel good and I play with my kids. And so yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It must be. I mean, it's amazing that you say you're still feeling so good because I saw in September last year you had a bicep injury and you said it's the first injury I've picked up in 20 years and I feel a, a bit let down by my body. I thought we had an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've just been uh, so lucky. Is that that um, must be a big exaggeration, though? That could have been your first serious injury to keep you out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, uh, it kept me up for five or six months. Right. That's what I mean by serious injury. Like I'd had like um, um, I had one operation before, which was a scope on my knee that put me out for three weeks. But I've never really been out more than four weeks my whole career. Um, I played in reserve grade back in '95 or something. I cracked my collarbone that that put me out for about eight to ten weeks but you know that was generally the first serious injury i've ever had so yeah um you know um when you get those knee injuries those shoulder injuries or your back all these sort of things it can make it hard work and it can take away from i guess what you want to put on the paddock so like i said luckily um i've avoided those things um a lot of hard work gone into that as well to, to help that luck but um, it's just allowed me to um, uh, play the game how I want to play it and, and you know enjoy the training enjoying uh, the playing you know mm. When you joined Leinster in 2012 Leo Cullen was injured that was one of the reasons you were brought in 
What struck you about the Leinster team that you joined, the dressing room, the culture, the players? What are your main memories from that year? Uh, well, starters, um, um, I just loved the Irish. <laughs> Full stop to start with. So, I've been there, I first went there in 1997. That's when I first fell in love with Guinness. <laughs> I hated the first drink. Um, the second one was not so bad. The third one started to taste really good. The fourth one was awesome. So from that time on, I enjoyed a Guinness. And I enjoyed Ireland. Uh, when I played test matches there, I had a lot of... I just enjoy the um, uh, the humour, the friendliness of the Irish people. So when I went to Leinster, I obviously had a lot of respect for players like uh, Brian and uh, Leo Cullen and such um i just found them to be a great group of guys you know they cared about the place um you know they were um you know passionate about the club um passionate you know about um they weren't just there to uh, break even though you know they're there to compete to strive for excellence and that's that's how i am too so um from the young guys, I really enjoyed the young boys and, and the senior guys and just the camaraderie and stuff. And um, I loved, you know, uh, when we won the Heineken Cup, um, it was mainly a group of Irishmen with a few sprinkled uh, people from overseas. It's different now, you know, unfortunately, but, you know, uh, it was great to be in an Irish, generally Irish side. And, um, and and with an excellent coaching staff as well. Yeah, um, I guess the standout game at those closing stages in the Honey Cup is Claremont away. That's one of the great matches I think of all that period, that winning period. I'm sure you remember pretty well as well, Brian. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, France is is a difficult place to go and play at the best of times. Semi-finals against a, a great team like Claremont, and yeah, you know, it, we definitely had our backs to the wall and you know we decided that we were going to we were going to dig in mm. and uh, you know remember that defence the last four or five minutes and I remember your man at the other end of the line his body was hanging and absolutely blowing out of every <laughs> orifice and uh, <laughs> that's an image <laughs> and um, and just still getting back in the defensive line I think that's you know the, the, the team that we had the mentality we had that year was a really really special thing and I, I think the the sum of the parts was was um you know was far greater than the whole mm. or sorry the other way around the whole was far greater than the sum of the parts, parts. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was an incredible yeah. game Brad is that the standout one for you or is there a game that you remember uh, with most fondness from that year definitely was stand- for me you know always uh, I've always been one to put a bit of pressure on myself and. When I came over, I came late in the season, so I felt responsible to the guys. Who, uh, I, I feel responsible to the club because I'm wearing the jersey and the fans and the teammates. So I want to honour that jersey, you know, and the fans and, all, and my teammates by putting in good performances. That's what we've been brought for. I felt for the young guys who, like young Devin Tainer, who, um, you know, had done the job all year and then, um, you know, I'd sort of got a, um, a few runs in front of them. So I, I owed it to him to perform. Um, and for that game, I felt out of the nine, eight or nine games I played, that was the one I was brought in for. So for me, um, I don't like letting down the people I come to, to you know, do the business for. So you know, for myself, I put a lot of pressure on myself for that game. 
you know, the French, it's, you know, heavily contested physical game. For me, you know, in a rugby terminology, it was, war, you know, it was a war, you know. Um, yeah. They had two tight head locks um, in Cudmore and, um, and Nathan Hines. And, uh, yeah, it was a battle. I remember Brian, um, I've said this before, uh, opening tackle on Rosary, you know, a lot bigger man than Brian and, and no technique, just went up and smashed into him, you know, with all of his 91 kilo, whatever he is. <laughs> um, and the courage, you know, that's a, a leader in the team saying, it's not going to be easy, we're, you know, we may be in your house, but we're coming all day. Yeah. And um, we just all stood together. It wasn't like grand, grand speeches, we just uh, kept turning up for each other and um, and there was such elation at the end. Uh, my last memory from that game was... A room with Leo Cullen, who's just a gentleman and a champion, and um, him and I, you know, a couple of old pros. You know, there wouldn't be many times in my career um, that we were that nervous before the game. We knew how important it was. We both uh, remember saying to each other, gee, I'm nervous, and he was saying the same thing. Mm. But uh, it was a good trip home after that. Yeah, amazing stuff. Uh, One last question. I saw a great quote from you. You were comparing what you'd done the year before winning a World Cup in New Zealand. And you said, when I held up the cup of Brian O'Driscoll, that was gold. The World Cup wasn't really like that for me. It was duty. I was pretty much run down by the time we reached the final. The pool stage was fine, but we reached the quarterfinals. I shut myself down. I was in tears in the fi- after the final whistle because I put so much pressure on myself. You made the World Cup uh, experience sound a bit like hell, really, until you finally got the job done. 24 years since we'd won it. And uh, we were the most experienced all-black team in history. And I was the most senior player, so um, that was the grand final of grand finals to me. You know, I'd won with the Broncos, I won stuff, you know, in rugby. They all prepped me for that, and I had the front, you know, and um, it was ugly. Didn't go to plan. The fight, it was like the final was the week before against Australia. We were on fire. It was sort of a hard week. It was flat. Even the game felt a bit flat. Um and the French turned up like the French always do. And, um, you know, from the quarterfinal, the the round robin of the World Cup didn't really interest me. I'm not into beating teams by 60 points. Um, it was business time once we got to the quarterfinal. And for me, the shutters come down and I was just in a zone. And um, um, no stone was unturned. Uh, every day, you know, I was focused on what it's doing and... Like I said, there was just that release at the end, and I just, I guess, I thank God for uh, that opportunity to be part of that. With, with the Honiton Cup, um, it was just a joy. Uh, it was great to stand next to Brian, someone I'd always uh, respected and um, had an achievement. And um, uh, at Twickenham, you just can't beat that crowd, and and just to be able to be part of um, that club and a little bit of history was. Just a privilege and um, a pleasure, and it's just something I'm always going to be fondly remember of, you know. So it's great. Yeah, listen, absolutely brilliant stuff. It's great having you on the show, Brad. Thanks a million, and uh, best of luck with retirement. Even though it sounds like you've got another decade in you. <laughs> Thanks for your time, guys. It's great to catch up with you, mate. See you soon, Tony for Guinness. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Cheers. Off the ball, with thanks to Ford. With the arrival of the brand new 151 Ford range, a transfer is definitely on the cards. Ford, go further. 
Uh, yeah, you're welcome, Max. So, uh, love coming in for Brad Thorne. I'll get to that in a second. I should mention all this week, we've given you the chance to select the Off the Ball Irish Rugby Supporters Player of the Year ahead of next week's Irupa Awards. Last year, Off the Ball listeners selected Devin Toner for the award. We're looking for your nominees for this season. All you have to do is text the word player followed by your nominations to 53106 all text cost 30 cent and you'll be contributing to the Irupa Injury Players Fund also one lucky entrant gets two tickets to the Hibernia College Irupa Awards at the Double Tree by Hilton on Wednesday the 13th of May holy god imagine that beast showing up playing J2 rugby I'd run away <laughs> helps he has a cowboy's voice too says Baz great voice Brad Thorne. yeah too many shots in the larynx. <laughs> that's, the, that's the leaky voice. Him and Dar- Darren Lockyer, same squeaky voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if he shows up and you're in the second row and he shows up for a, for a casual game, age 45 and still a beast. I remember his first game where he played Leinster A against someone and I just remember him lock, uh, packing down for the first scrum and he had this habit of smacking the backside of his prop just to let him know that he was there. And uh, it was it was it was quite something that first scrum. It went up on the tight head side, and and freely admits I just love hurting people as well. I it loves the physicality. I'm surprised, like loving the gym. I don't know how you love the gym. I go to the gym. It's a grind. I don't like any minute of it. I like the endorphins afterwards. Like you know, good for the head, good for the body. But it's dull. I'm with you. If I didn't have music, the means to an end. Yeah, but, but he seems to like. He thrives on the gym. it. Yeah. But as, you know, as he said, you know, out with the singlet, you know, checks out the guns in good shape. Um, so he worked out in front of the mirror. As yeah, 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 yeah. Just for form, though. Sure. Only, only for form. <laughs> Technique. Yeah. You weren't a you weren't a gym guy. No, right? when I started first, I was into it, but it became boring, boring very quickly. Very I quickly. need someone there to maybe have a little competition against or something. There. On my own, I just can't do it. You've an impressive bench do, press, though, don't do. you? Yes, yes, one hundred ten <laughs> kgs. Thank you very much. You're a weights for dates kind of guy. We've established that. No, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. there's no doubt about that. You were I didn't do weights on my legs. I I tried to convince people that I would lose my speed if I. In the short term, you lose your speed, don't you? You're like those weightlifters that you see in the gym that have tracksuit bottoms on. And, yes, and, and, well, and well, on the beach, yeah. I wear the board shorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do not forget leg day. It's, it's a really important message if we can put yeah. that out there. Did you actually think you'd lose your speed if you did leg weights? I think when we started doing weights, there was a new leash manager and you, I think you do initially lose a bit of speed if you're doing heavy weights in your legs. I think it's I, all dependent on what type of weights exactly when yeah. you're doing hypertrophy or actually just leg power. So, yeah, there's, listen, I'm, I'm sure... We back, were built, back, trying to build, yeah. mud, build muscle, you know, it would have been old school kind of stuff. Yeah, see, that's the thing, the, the, like the, the science behind it back in the... 90s, early 2000s was very different to what's out there now. So there's mm. a far more of an understanding from the player as well as to why they're doing certain exercises on certain right. days. And leg day isn't just one type of ex- one yeah, you know, yeah, one yeah. leg session for the whole season. It's multiple sessions. It's all power stuff now, isn't it? Like a lot of jumps lot of, and yeah, a lot of um, hurdle jumps and plyometrics and um, you know agility stuff. Yeah, it's right. gone very much that way. Brief aside, are carbs good now or are they bad again? I Never can't. after it's seven. Very impor- Never very after seven. For oh no, wouldn't go near one after seven. After seven, no carbs. No, try after five. After five too. Right. Okay. Yeah, but, we, but protein's good whenever. Yeah, protein's good for a um, good for a snack or instead of a bowl of cereal. Get some casein into you. Yeah, have a shake. Right. But okay. Are carbs not vital after training? To replace I thought the it's pro- fuel. You have a protein shake. No, after. carbs are important after training, yeah, to get the energy back into you. Right. But, yes, yeah, so it's not ideal for Gaelic footballers because they're obviously, <laughs> they're, they're going to be training in the evening, so it's a nine o'clock yeah, shake. You're, whereas, in, you're having yeah. carbs at midnight. <laughs> yeah. Training, that's yeah. the issue. 
Uh, we should do a nutritional special some night. I've got a billion questions. <laughs> I want to ask. Uh, Hillary says that Brad Thorne interview has made my day. We bandy the word legend around too lightly. Uh, I love Thorny's laugh. Great guy. Has, ever, has anyone ever had such an impact in such a short period of time as he had with Leinster, says Joey? Three months is about as short a period <laughs> as you're going to get to make that kind of an impact. He had a huge impact. Absolutely mm. huge. He still kind of resonates around the place and people still... You know, he used to wear a baseball cap in the gym the whole time and then we used to have um, Thorny Thursday where you had to bring in your own type of hat, whether it be a, <laughs> a peak hat or an old Kangol. Um, That's great. Little, uh, little um, farmer number. So, yeah, it used to be, he definitely was, um, he, he left his mark on the place. Is yeah. that, that's still going on, Thorny Thursday? I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. And singlets, obviously, as well. You have to wear the singlet. <laughs> you need to get a photographer yeah. in there for Thorny Thursday. Yeah, brilliant stuff. It was great to have him on. Uh, and you were actually saying, I think it was the night before the Claremont game that you just sat down, which is obviously a big game. You're nervous and had a nice two-hour chat with him and just... Uh, when he speaks, he's kind of. It was brilliant. Yeah. we just we we just talked about the world, and you know he's obviously he's he's um I wouldn't he's not new um he's not born, born again. again but you know he's he's definitely a big God believer and he's, yeah. he's passionate about it but yet it, it definitely it was it was very en- engaging and and enjoyable rather than him trying to push it on you so yeah. we we covered a lot of bases in that two hours it was really good fun and probably just chilled us out before the game night before I'm sure yeah seven nil to Leinster there uh, Madigan converts uh, Jamie Heaslip try. There's nothing I love more than Woolly on live updates from uh, sporting <laughs> not events. Not <laughs> it's not the smoothest delivery. It's not my forte. Factually, it's not always right. <laughs> Jamie Heaslip scored a try <laughs> and Ian Madigan converted it. Madigan, End of story. Uh, I just Madigan. thought Dave Carney's name was thrown into <laughs> the mixer. Um, <laughs> it was your night in the Masters that was particularly good. <laughs> I think Brian was here as well. He was, yeah. Oh, Never no. has a golf score been delivered so <laughs> arseways. Uh, so Ulster Munster tomorrow is a huge game. We wanted to talk to you about this guy, Ian Henderson, who, well, I mean, everyone knows his story, really. He's burst onto the scene, and particularly in the last uh, six months or so, back from injury against uh, Leicester in the Champions Cup. He'd been out for months and months with a hip injury, played brilliantly, rolled on into the Six Nations and and did very well. And when he was 18, wasn't going to play rugby. He was going to do an actuary degree in Edinburgh, and the call came from Ulster, and he did that. And two years later, he's in the Ulster first team, age 20. So kind of a remarkable rise, bit of a prodigy, freak-type guy. But he's also uh, good fun. We had him on the show this week. Take a listen. Because I was reading as well on that um, piece in The Times, you made the point, this was all in 2012, and it all happened very quickly. And then Declan Kidney says, do you want to come down for the November internationals all of a sudden? And I saw you had a brilliant quote. You said, I remember my first Ireland cap against South Africa, looking back and thinking to myself, a year ago, I was living in the Strand Millis student house with three or four guys from school, still arsing about, setting things on fire, putting weird stuff in the microwave, all sorts of stupid stuff going on. And then this happens. Which really begs the yeah. question, what stupid stuff you were putting in the microwave? I was actually discussing this with the housemate. He, I don't live with him anymore. I was with him last night, actually, at a Take That concert in right. Belfast. And right. we, we, were discuss- we were discussing what was going on. And plenty of different things. I wouldn't want to put anything into anyone's ideas, any ideas in anyone's heads for, for doing it. But um, anything that would make it for an interesting outcome was pretty much what we put in our microwaves. Yeah. Uh, we went through three or four microwaves. Ah, <laughs> stop. We were putting into them. Is that true? So, uh, it's 100% true, I promise you. Uh, and it was, uh, it, was an interesting, it was an interesting student house now. 
Oh man I would think after Microwave 2 You say Maybe we should stop doing this But no That was the thrill about the shirt <laughs> You can get a microwave For 30 or 40 quid now And it was only a 10 or each For all that banter we were having <laughs> I like him I, I nearly asked him a question there I got lost in the moment I was so intrigued by him He's um, Yeah he's He seems to be very popular I obviously only Caught a year Maybe 18 months of him Right Um but he's he was quite quiet and kept to himself. Uh, but when you did chat to him, he's um, yeah, he's a funny guy mm. unintentionally at times. Yeah, I've heard other teammates talk about him and say he's unbelievably smart, like the actuary and the mathematics, and a real um, academic. But also kind of in other ways not the smartest. And yeah, you know the microwave being a, being a <laughs> case in point, I suppose. Yeah, he um, yeah he kind of I suppose he remi- reminds me a bit. Like Malcolm O'Kelly, oh, no. yeah, um, where you're very, very laid back and you're not bothered by a whole lot, but then you know, very intelligent academically and you know, athletically very impressive. Mm. Um, certainly, Mal's early years, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not as athletic in his <laughs> mid to late thirties. Uh, the story I heard about Mal, and I don't know if it's quite true, is that he turned up for the lines at the airport with just a plastic bag. And they said, what are you doing? Mm. And he said, well, they're going to give me everything anyway. Mm. I was is... there. I had a bag f- like packed. Oh, right, so okay. much stuff. Yeah. And I looked at him and he had this tiny little, like literally Dunn's plastic bag. <laughs> okay. And uh, like we, we, you know, as well, he was, he was notoriously late for, for flights and, you know, he came strolling in and literally we were, we had 10 minutes to get checked through and get down to our gate and he just was chill. I was like, imagine we missed the flight going over to join the Lions. Okay. He's like, it's grand, but I've just got a toothbrush and some toothpaste. We're getting everything else. He wasn't far wrong. He's dead on. <laughs> he no, wasn't that's far experience. Wrong. That's the genius of it. Uh, so I, ha- I don't think they're giving us jocks. I'll be all right, but I have these ones. <laughs> uh, how good can Ian Henderson be? He can be really good. I think. Like really, really good. He, um, He's got that that kind of Stephen Ferris power about him. Mm. Um, I my my recollection of him is he never was a brilliant trainer, but then was this exceptional player when he came off the bench or when he played. Mm. Just he has this massive explosiveness, and you saw the the try against Leinster a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, just picking great lines as well, a real understanding of the game. I think that's come on. I've I've seen that really come on the last two years. So. Um, yeah, he's um, he's really going to push hard. I think even before the World Cup to get into the starting lineup. I don't know. I think Pete's probably going to stay at six, but maybe him in the second row. I think he might put Dev under a little bit of pressure and, and maybe bring the best out in Dev. Right. Okay. Because he was saying he would prefer a back row place ultimately, but I guess he's not going to uh, turn down a second row place. Starting, in, starting in a World so, Cup year. Yeah. Will he suffer from the fact that he's a wonderfully brilliant, versatile option to have on the bench? A little bit. I think he's a he's a phenomenal bench player. You know, having that come on with thirty to go is your dream ticket. Yeah. But then a point comes where you know it's brilliant to have that for eighty minutes. Yeah. So I think he he hasn't quite cemented his his place. You know, in in an Irish context yet context yet. But I think that's coming. Mm. If if Paul retires, we've you know seem to be overstacked in the back row. There's definitely a place, whether it's his favour or not. That <coughs> that's if I was him, that's where I'd be focusing my attention on yeah I, I i think definitely you know there's well once paul goes he's the he's the obvious choice to, to to fit in um because of what he brings from an athleticism point of view but um i think as well the, the the beauty of having paul and dev at the moment is paul is 
not that Dev's not a workhorse, but Paul is kind of happy to do the Brad Thorne role of hitting a lot of rooks, albeit he does carry a bit of ball too. Mm. Um, whereas Dev need, would need to become that person because Hendy is such a great uh, ball carrier. He's so explosive himself. Yeah. Kev says, what does Brian think of Jeno being left out of the squad for his last home game tonight? Surely he deserves better after all his service? Yeah, well, I don't know whether... I know that he had been struggling with uh, with some concussion and, and the return to play was... Um, you know, was he he was at that for the last couple of weeks. So whether that has held him back or whether it's been a, a selection issue, if it was a selection issue, obviously no sentiment from no. Matt O'Connor wow. in, in his final home game. And yeah, you'd be a bit disappointed, I suppose, if you were Shane Jennings and, and you'd made yourself available to play. All right. Yeah. Disappointed stroke livid. <laughs> stroke, I'm never forgiving you. Uh, yeah, Matt, I suppose O'Connor, Matt O'Connor doesn't really care of his, about the perception of him from Leinster fans. You know, he has been criticised. The easiest thing in the world would be to leave Jennings if he is fully fit sure. and give him a run. Yeah, yeah, it would. It would, but at the same time, he's thinking about his own role. And if it, maybe he thought that is it Dominic Ryan's on the bench that he was a better fit for a, across a couple of positions. Jenna was really an out and out Jack seven. Conan maybe they need Jack Conan. Yeah. Um, well, Jack again plays six and six and eight. Uh, so you know, Jenna, the fact that he does play one position, maybe. Against, against. I'm, I'm not. I'm not in Matt O'Connor's camp here, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, Sorry. So the headline here: O'Driscoll <laughs> defends <laughs> O'Connor decision. Is the is the takeaway here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, a guy like Jeno certainly deserves all the all the plaudits that he gets yeah. tonight. Would be it. Uh, after because the game he won't feel great having not played the game taking all the plaudits no no it won't quite be the same it's nice having the jersey on to being able to say goodbye rather than in your suit yeah uh, a final one for tonight uh, Brian have you spoken to Gordon Darcy about his decision to retire wonders Derek yeah just, yeah I've, I've chatted to him I think it's it's probably a big relief from from his point of view um, this year may, mightn't have quite gone the way mm. he had planned and because he wasn't first choice for Leinster and obviously lost his place internationally as well I think it's just you know, 17 seasons is a lot of seasons for uh, in the modern era particularly in the centre too so uh, I just feel you know, he wants to get out you know, while he still has his reputation intact, which he certainly does. Mm. How close is he to a place in the World Cup squad is the I'd, big question there. I think they'd be stupid not to bring him. Um, right. Particularly Stuart Olding. I don't know what Luke Marshall's situation is with, with, the, uh, sure. with the concussion um, you know, with the concussion problems that he's had. So I think if Robbie Henshaw is injured for some reason, I think Gordon Darcy, for me, starts at 12. Right. Um, I think he's, um, you know what you're getting from him, defensively brilliant um, and a wealth of experience. So uh, personally, if I was Joe Schmidt, I, you know, he's a great 29th or 30th man. Mm. Because the, the quality of the tourist, I suppose, in these instances is almost, almost as important as what they're bringing on the pitch as well. Yeah, I think some guys will be. Some guys in the past were brought as guys that wouldn't be test starters when it came to knockout stages, and definitely your attitude of of being brought to a tour with the knowledge that you're probably not going to start those has a huge bearing on mm. whether you know you become a bit cancerous or whether you become a bit deflated when when you're not involved in the in those knockout stages. So that does become a a big area when you get down to you know. The, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30th pick. Yeah, yeah. So no Colin Parkinson essentially is the uh, message. You're not a good 29th guy. Certainly not. <laughs> no. Certainly not. Uh, that's about all we've got time for this evening. You can podcast uh, the chat with Brian and with Brad Thorne if you go on to newstalk.com or look up the podcast.
on iTunes. If you search for that, you'll get it there. Off the ball, getting inside the game. Sponsored by Ireland's favourite car brand, Ford. Go further.